I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Oh, sweet loves. Welcome to Vagina Talks. Uh, I'm your host in this moment. They call me Sophia Wise One, and I am privileged and honored to join you wherever you may be today. If you're outside doing yard work, if you are curled up in your bed, if you're driving in a car, wherever you may be, thank you for uh, having me as company. I'm glad to be here with you. I am recording this episode again from the lands of of baby world. Uh, I talked about in my last episode that both of my sisters had babies. One of them had twins uh, three weeks apart. So we are newborn. Uh, we, we get together twice a week currently has been the rhythm so far where we get all the babies and uh, the parents all together uh, twice a week and we call it baby fest and it's baby camp. And it's the aunt and uncle, mom, dad, uh, nibbling uh, jam band. <laughs> it's, it's what we've been doing. And it has been an incredibly transformative time for me. The soul medicine of uh, infants, of newborns is profound. And I am changing rapidly. And I am in a deep place of curiosity. And I think... Um, I think that's just where I am. And so I just want to kind of, we have a guest with us today that I'm just like so <laughs> mushy about having on today. So um, I, I'm going to like bring her in. We're just going to kind of stay in this real, real space together. I am going to give her uh, a little bit of a, 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 t- a touting introduction, uh, give some cred where cred is due. Before I give some of the official breaks down, Brittany and I met over 
well, over 10 years ago now uh, at Studio 34, an incredible community, yoga, arts, healing space in West Philadelphia. And we have watched each other grow and transform. Um, we met as powerful teachers, powerful practitioners over a decade ago. I'm like, it's almost 15 years, I think. And, uh, and we've watched each other really transform. And Brittany has just confronted conditioning after conditioning to expand into just a vibrant, um, powerful leader in what it is to claim your life as a sovereign being. And so I am always inspired and delighted. The love runs deep. I'm excited to bring her on today and share her. She's been on this show before. You can go back and it was a great show. Go check out that one. We'll throw the link out in the show notes. Um, you can see some of the journeys that we've taken. Um, but her her most recent recent uh, revelation, um, present being state is here with us today. So a little bit about her work. Brittany has been facilitating transformation for the past 17 years while showing others that living your life authentically can often look way different than society expects of us. In addition to being polyamorous, kink positive, bisexual, and child-free by choice, she is a sexual liberation and relationship coach, a sexologist, a practitioner of authentic tantra, a writer, and a yoga teacher. Over the past 16 years, Brittany has guided thousands of people into relating differently, releasing the stories that stifle them, heal the wounds and stigmas that define them so that they can live an orgasmic, authentic life in every possible way. She does that first and foremost with herself and with her chosen uh, life partner and everyone else she walks with, and she leads people courageously, confidently, and kindly in their transformation. Brittany, I love you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I love you too. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. That was, I just closed my eyes and just received that. That was really beautiful. Hmm. What you, what you shared about our own, um, friendship evolution. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful too. Cause I have friends who, um, you have been their yoga teacher. And so it's, there's these yes. ways it's like so sweet, you know, like I have these memories of sitting with some of my friends and, and they're talking and they're processing and they're like, you know, and Brittany says, and Brittany says, and Brittany says, you know, <laughs> like I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, and they're just like, you know, like she's my teacher. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. You know, she's a great teacher. No. Um, so, so there's many so many people that are like, I have you in my head. Like I hear your voice in my head and you say this and I'm like, Wow, cool. It's powerful, right? <laughs> also, listen for your voices too, please. <laughs> Always. That's literally what your voice, that's literally what you're saying in their head is like, I'm here to remind you to listen over here. But this is your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's busy. It's busy in there. It's, it's busy in there. I'll say a little bit about that. That's kind of what I'll talk about right now for me in this moment. I am, so I'm in this baby land and one of the things that so like real like real 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 quick and dirty because I haven't talked about it a lot on the show we'll see how much we get into it today but it's like that t stuff has been touching me just looking at the subject of just like I was so profoundly transformatively um in love um for a year and then I was just so demolished for a year in our mm. um in our space and distancing and our renegotiation and our healing and um and so I'm just kind of coming out of that year and coming into this new new understanding 
Um, and so I had a little bit of that moment of just like, I'm in one of those tender places, you know, when people are talking about like ecstatic life and satisfying relating. And I'm like, oh, it's ten- it's tender. It's tender. <laughs> like, sure. I know it's real. I know it's real. And like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk about something else. Don't tell me your happy stories. Um, and I don't, it, that comes and goes and I'm feeling way kind of softer about it. But it's been so interesting because in this time preparing to come for the babies, I was really meditating on like, what do I focus on? Like, cause I offered my both families like four to six weeks, like basically like a month or two months. And I will be, it will be close to two months for both of them that I lived in their houses, gave them hands-on help with pregnancy and children. And so I was meditating and saying, what, like, what is, what do I, how do I tend my heart, my healing, my womb, my vulva, my vagina, my, my sexuality, my heart, my heart. I mean, my heart just got, I just rocked bottomed like hard last year. And it was incredibly important. It was so important. Um, but it was hard. (laughs) And, um, and what do I focus on? And the message that I got over and over again was like, focus on the babes. Like just focus, be present with the babies. And um, and so I have. And I've really taken that as my medicine. My ceremony has been to be in deep presence. And so I have not, talking about the voices in our heads, I have very intentionally not been engaging in long um, uh, uh, exploration of those voices. It's been a lot of like acknowledging and then refocusing and having moments like washing bottles <laughs> at five in the morning at the sink and just being like, and just having a wave of grief come over, you know, and just being like, okay. And taking three minutes to just like let the tears pour down my face and then take a deep breath and then turn around and like pick up this baby and give it my full focus and just be like, this is it, you know? And just this morning I was holding one of my nibblings and I was looking at them and I was like, oh my gosh, I just had this moment of just being like, bless you. Anyone who listens to the show, this love that I, I have an episode with them, Aaron of many names, episode 49 and a half um, of Vagina Talks. And uh, I said, you know, I'm just so grateful for you and like the journey, the way that Aaron and I listened to the guidance and the you know, we basically triggered each other to all get out and then looked at each other and said, I need space. And we got those messages in different ways, but that was kind of in short what happened. And so I was looking at her and I was like, oh my God, thank God we listened. Like, thank God we listened because if we hadn't listened, it would have been all the same lessons, but it would have been so much more difficult to do it with both of us, watching the year that both of us went through the soul medicine, um, that that we've walked through just being like oh my god thank god i had so much space because i was prepared to be with you and i don't know if i would be with you now if i hadn't listened to myself in the past like these deep grateful moments to my past self um so that's kind of a like a little all over the place but just like just thinking about the voices in our heads and and acknowledging and making space but also choosing the refocus and the trusting and um and it's been powerful. It's been really powerful. The babies are five weeks and eight weeks currently. So it's been two months of newborn heart healing magic. And uh, they just destroy, I mean, all that, all that heart guarding has just been like 
being pulled off, you know, Absolutely. just being like, I just can't, I, you know, and it's not like I was trying to keep it in the first place. I've like diligently, you know, you know, but just power, powerfully pulling off those uh, shields and just meeting myself. So it's a little bit where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a couple of things that stuck out for me with that. Um, one is just um, this idea of the exquisiteness of ordinary moments, mm. um, like washing bottles or, you know, just being present with a child. Um, you know, I had a therapy session a couple of weeks ago where I, I had done a, um, a two, like an hour and a half time masturbation session which is, is you know very deep medicine and and then I I go to therapy afterwards virtually right now um because it's like I'm super tapped in and it can be it's just great and so there I may have it was probably about 20 minutes where I just sat with my therapist I like didn't say anything and it was amazing and I've never been able to do that. Like, I'm always like, okay, what am I going to get out of this? I need to get my money's worth. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to process? What am I going to heal? Like, let's get this stuff going. And there was this really powerful moment of me not needing to do any of that, not needing to be with all those voices and just sitting present and with this other being who, you know, holds space for me and has been for years. And it was such a breakthrough. <laughs> it was such a breakthrough and all we did was sit there it's all we did and it was a can I curse can I say curse words yeah and it was a fucking breakthrough <laughs> <laughs> I needed to say it it felt like it needed to come up it was and then the week after I had like an even bigger breakthrough which was different you know much different flavor but like who knows if I would have been able to have Second breakthrough without the first breakthrough of space and presence. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel that. It's like, yeah. it's really moving in me. Really feel mm -hmm. that. The yeah, sequence as... of medicine like that, I think, yeah. is so. And that's why trusting, like, radical yes. trust in the healing process where it's like, I'm empty and have no thoughts. It's like, lean in, right? It's like, I'm spilling over with a million thoughts. Like, lean in. Like, I yeah. feel so quote unquote distracted and all I want to do is like, take care of material things. And it's like, take care of things. Like, that's do it. Do it. They're all part of what like living is and how we move our energy or move our, our, or even our self-perspective, like how the needle of how we experience ourselves or perceive ourselves shifts when we take care of the uh, mundane in our life or sit in silence in a way that we never have or, um, you know, orgasm 10 times for the first time ever, so, like in sequence, right? Like we become, mm -hmm. a, we orient differently to our own self when we, when we do any of these things. And so it's like that mm -hmm. reorientation that then creates the opportunity for whatever's coming next. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think as healers and the, and seekers and people who, you know, um, are on this, this quote unquote, and I say quote unquote, because, you know, it's, it's kind of a narrative. Like it's this, Oh, I'm on this path of healing. I'm on this journey. And it's like, yes. And also we all are <laughs> real talk. Just, some of people just don't know it. And so, you know, it's like, when our when when we identify with that, we almost it can almost sometimes take us away from it, 
because then it's just ego and then it's just narrative. And then, you know, the, um, you know, sometimes it's like, then we can be just become full of shit, <laughs> like, you know, cause then we're just, that's our identity. And so, uh, to recognize that healing can look like many different things. It doesn't need to always look excruciating. It doesn't always need to look transcendent. It doesn't need to look like those things all the time. It can look like washing baby bottles or sitting and not saying anything, especially when you're used to saying everything, uh, you know, those, those mm-hmm. moments are really powerful. And I think especially when we're in like spiritual and healing communities, I think that recognition of the ordinary is so important. I feel like that's so important on multiple levels. And one of them is like relating, like it's so important because we, we, there's like a respect piece. It's like, can you respect this cousin, brother, friend, neighbor, who is also on a healing journey. There's as much on a cosmic path as you are, you know, without needing to have it look like right externally in that way. And I feel like to really embrace the wholeness of that. And like also even just recognizing like that's my perspective. Like they might not, they might not even view the world as a healing cosmic evolution and that's fine. But if I do, if that's what I say that I do, then like there literally is no one who's left out of that. There's no hierarchy to it. Right. Like absolutely. If that's, if that's, if that's what I'm saying and that's what I'm oh, like leaning yes. into. Um, and like, you may have a, di- you know, whoever, like you, someone can have a different perspective of that. But for me, it's like that clear sense. If I'm, if I'm looking and saying, this is my spiritual understanding of what is happening here, then, then there isn't. And that, being able to do that for ourselves um, is huge. It's really huge. I think, you know, one of the biggest things, one of my favorite teachings is like when you feel really stuck or you're cycling or you don't know what to do with yourself, like literally just clean, like the oldest spiritual trick in the book is sweeping. Like, why do you Mm. think witches have brooms? Like, because you sweep it out the door because you like, what is like to just to just clean, to wipe down a space, to move the energy, to, to, you know, summon the elements of, of water and dust and dirt and, um, to move that I think is an incredibly, and it's so, it can be so, um, grounding, right? Like bring you back into the body. And sometimes it's hard to tend for our, our own body when we're hurting. And so to tend for our extended body, is to tend our, you know, physical space. Um, And I know that this is true as a profound practice because I think a lot of us know there's a much more strong narrative in the like mental health, spiritual health world of people that are obsessive cleaners. that are over, over, which is over, which is a, a, an overuse of a medicine, right? Like obsessively cleaning, they, they get out of their body by, by taking this medicine right like Mm. that's like what they're doing and so it's like the same thing as just being like so you know there's no there's no better than less than of like dirty not dirty right or like cleaning not cleaning it's like how are we relating to even that practice but Mm. to remember the simplicity and the potency of it um i think it's a really it's been a powerful tool in my in my box over the years that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm not, it's funny. Cause I, whenever I clean, I always feel better, but I'm very resistant to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Are you a cleaner? Like, like when you say clean, does that mean like I have soap and water and I'm like, like, like dusting things down or like scrubbing the steps? Or once you say clean, do you mean like I took all the papers and put them in a pile or like I cleaned the counter and I shoved everything in a drawer? Like, what is your, I I don't know if you can tell my judgment in those statements, but um, I'm just curious when you say clean, what are we talking about? So to me, the the ladder is straightened, right? So I'm a, I I'm uh-huh. great at straightening. Yeah, I'm organizing. Yeah. I kick ass at that. But like dusting, I I will clean a bathroom more like over dusting. Uh-huh. I am like I do not like to dust, and so and I don't I don't know what it is about it, but I'm just like so that to me is cleaning like dusting and scrubbing the bathroom and you know scrubbing the floors and getting out that swiver that is cleaning in the in the Mm -hmm. in the sense (laughs) cleaning cleaning straightening straightening up (laughs) i'm great at straightening (laughs) and now you know what's really funny is that i so you know my my partner and i are polyamorous and so um sometimes we have people over partners that come over and that's that's when I clean, which is so interesting because there's so much to like re- like to see about that. Is like, um, I I basically clean for other people, right? Right. Now, do I do other things for other people? No, I'm very I'm very like connected to myself and my own needs. But when it comes to house cleaning, it's like, oh, like you know, new bays coming over. Oh, this is a really great time for me to clean my shower. <laughs> <laughs> And I always laugh. I'm like, this is what keeps my house clean. And so now I'm like going over to, to New Bay's house and I'm like, shit, my house is never going to get clean again. That's very funny. Oh, gosh. Funny. I think that's an interesting thing, right? Because it's like, is it, the, is it perception or is it also just like preference? Like you just don't need, I know people like that. Like it just yeah. doesn't. You know, yeah. it just doesn't bother me or it does bother me or whatever. It's something that I, I, once I started really regularly cleaning, it was a hundred percent when I, I, when I was married and mm-hmm. my wife cleaned things, I realized that I, I was, no, let's see. The first time I learned that I really liked living in a clean space was when I moved to North Carolina, knew no one. I was doing distant learning school and I like didn't have a job. So I was bored <clears throat> all the time. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> I was really bored and I was also really depressed. And so I would like do everything that I had to do. I would like do my homework and I would like, I led one client. I would like see my one client and then I would like I was like, what do I do? I go for a bike ride and I'd be like, now what do I do? I'd be like, well, I'll clean again. And so I like, I would like clean and I had the cleanest apartment of my entire life. And I think that's when I first realized that I enjoyed living in a, in a, in like a more meticulously clean place. Mm, Like I had never, um, prioritize it for myself it just didn't it wasn't like a thing you know and then and then I knew that I liked it and then when I married someone who um also no is this this you know what this whole story is completely falling apart I'm like no because I'm the cleaner I think she was a straightener and like most of my friends are straighteners like that's like a thing and then I'm like okay it looks clean but it's not that shit's dirty I'm like no I've always been a cleaner that's a hundred percent I'm not really a straightener I'm more of a straightener now. That's what it is. I think that's what I learned. I've always been a cleaner. I've always been like a, that shit's dirty. I mean, I don't know what always is, but. 
I think straightener is what I've learned to appreciate the declutter. Somebody told me once that like um, the state of your bedroom was a reflection of the state of your mind, like the like how your stuff is like organized or disorganized. <laughs> and it was like a boon curse, you know, because then I would like look at my room and I'd be like, oh my God, I must be a mess inside, you know, but I could also like, <laughs> it would make me panic. But then I also can like look at my room and be like, oh, and then I can like, I use it as a meditative practice. So instead of like holding on to it as a truth, it's like, I use it as a perspective that can help me. But I do know when I'm blissed out, I don't give a shit about shit being dirty or clean. That's like, <laughs> Lots of good sex. It's like, no, I don't care. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about that. Yeah, no, I always need straightened. I always need things to feel straight. But clean, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Although if I'm at someone else's place, I will clean their house. It's very interesting. I like to clean other people's places. That, I feel like that's like more of like the like, I feel like that's like kink, a kink thing. Like a, the submissive in me likes to clean other people's houses. I know other people like that. I can say that that's, yeah, yeah. that's a thing. And not even in a sexual way. I mean, that's also what is quite nice. But even just like, <laughs> like if, we, if we put a context of kink on it, that's also amazing. But also just being like, I'm going to do all your dishes and I'm going to clean, I'm going to clean your house. There's something that I like, I think I, I, I love that. But when it's home, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've planted things. And I'm like, in two years, I'm going to be like, what's it like cleaning and straightening in your house now? And we'll, like check, we'll check back in and see, see, see where we are. The evolution. The evolution. There feels like there's so many metaphors in this. It's really funny. Yeah, it gets really, it, yeah, it gets really, it goes really far. Um, I want to hear you talk a little bit about, we did, in case anyone's wondering, we did, ha you know, it's like, what, <laughs> I'm like, we did talk about some stuff we might talk about on the show, but um, I'm wondering about like, thinking about this it's striking that place of like pleasure right this idea mm -hmm. of pleasure and sure. so I'd love to just hear you you've just been in such deep study and deep exploration of pleasure as medicine yeah um, I'd just love to hear you speak on that a little bit if you tell me what you've, yeah. what you've been experiencing and learning sure so you know I think my experience of pleasure has shifted over the years um, in my experience just by watching the world and the people in it um, especially in, in, you know, Western society and Western culture, pleasure is identified in very specific ways. Oftentimes when, um, you know, I, I see this with clients, like pleasure is seen as extravagant. Pleasure is oftentimes seen just in like a sexual realm. Like, oh yeah, pleasure means something to do with like sex. Um, and eh, not necessarily, <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it, pleasure is not something that heals. That's what a lot of people say. Like they, like a lot of people can't even wrap their minds around that. Like, Oh, like, no, like pleasure is something that like I would do if I had the time, but I don't have the time. So I'm not going to do it. Or, you know, guilty pleasures. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I think if something's giving you pleasure, then you can experience those feelings of guilt, but then it will serve you to move through them <laughs> because if something gives you pleasure, like who gives a shit what anyone else thinks about it as long as it's really serving you. And so, you know, that's what I see in the, in the reference of pleasure. Um, I've been someone who's always sought out pleasure. And uh, I think knowing more about the healing properties of pleasure, um, I'm able to see that more now that like, Oh, like I've, 
like just little things like this meal would be even more delicious if it had more salt. So I'm going to ask for more salt. Like I'm not going to worry about being a pain in the butt with this server as long as I'm kind about it because like I want my experience of eating this food, which is super pleasurable for me, um, orgasmic even, to be at, at a 10 because I'm worthy of that. And so, you know, that's something I've always connected to in the sense of like, why not? Like, these are my needs. This is what brings me joy. Why wouldn't I ask for that? If someone says no, that's their right. And that's okay. But like, I'm going to, I'm going to seek out that pleasure. Um, an example that I always use, which I love is in, in referencing to this idea of a 10 spot, right? Just having this, this, um, in any given moment, like even in this moment, like where on that scale. And this is the 10 spot was something that was created by um, Davey Ward, who is the creator of Authentic Tantra, the, the school in which I studied. And it's this idea that like in any given moment, what do I, what do I feel? Like where am I on my, on my, on my pleasure scale? One being like not really experiencing any, 10 being like, I am completely content in my relationship with pleasure in this moment. And one little funny thing that always comes up for me is when I'm in bed reading and drinking tea, and it's always fiction that in these moments of deep pleasure, I have this pillow, which has like these little gel tabs in it, and which probably isn't the best for the environment. So I'm acknowledging that in this moment. Um, and at the same time, I love this freaking pillow. And I have three pillows because I love pillows. And so sometimes that pillow is not the pillow under my head, right? Sometimes it's another pillow, which is okay. But like, I'm, I know in this moment, I'm like, if this other jelly pillow, which stays cool and is amazing, was under my head, I would be higher up that pleasure scale. I know it. And so then I'm like, okay, well, then that means I have to like pull out the pillow and pull it and the other pillow and then push the other pillow aside. I have to do all this stuff. There's an effort to get to that pleasure. Yeah. Do I want to do that? And every time I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I want that because I want to feel the pleasure. And I use that example because A, I just love telling that story because I think it's really funny. But B, because it's so mundane, it's a freaking pillow. Like we don't think like that. When we think about pleasure, we think about these big things, you know, like um, a big sexual experience or a deeply spiritual experience or, you know, things that are ecstatic. And that's not only what pleasure is. Pleasure is way more than that. Pleasure is choosing to flip the pillow because it feels really good in that moment. Pleasure is asking for more salt. Pleasure is asking for a need to be met because you're going to feel safer. That is pleasure. And understanding that and expanding our our consciousness, our pleasure consciousness in a world, you know, that has in a society that has puritanical roots and really um, we started out from a space that pleasure is extraneous. Pleasure is wrong. We should feel guilty about it. That, we need to work hard. You know, it's, it's, we brag more about not getting enough rest and, and being workhorses than we do about experiencing deep and beautiful pleasure. And so there is a lot of fallacy around pleasure and what it can do when in reality, pleasure is deeply healing, like scientifically speaking, it's deeply healing. And so 
when we are experiencing pleasure, all those healthy chemicals that allow us to be really like handle our stress and be connected, functioning humans come into play, right? We receive those chemicals, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, um, those come those come into our bodies in higher dosages. And the really cool thing is that we're experiencing high states of sexual arousal, like extended states of sexual arousal, not like, you know, like the two second orgasm, but like extended states of really embodying our pleasure, that those chemicals increase by 300 to 400%, right? And so that is, right? Exactly. Like people don't know this shit. And so what happens is that in those states, our brain is firing all the pieces, right? All those three main pieces of the brain are firing and the brain becomes more malleable. And so what this means is that we can start to use pleasure as a rewiring and a repatterning of our neural pathways and our, and our, and our nervous system, right? And so this, this is the physiology of, of pleasure, which most people don't, you know, I love the science behind things because um, I think that it can really be an anchor to root us in a, a reality of ourselves. And for me, I look at everything in the lens of, a ner- of the nervous system because that really is why we are the way we are, how we feel, how, how we react, how we act in relationships. And so pleasure can help to create shifts in, in a really beautiful way. It's, it's, it's really sustainable, right? It's a slow process of starting to learn how to relax our bodies into feeling pleasure, into realizing that we are worthy of feeling pleasure, not just sexually, but spiritually, emotionally, physically, you know, sensually, that there's so many different ways. And so that's, you know, in a nutshell, <laughs> how and why pleasure is, is medicine and why I am so like, I don't know why I want to use this word, but keen uh-huh. <laughs> as she pushes up her glasses, <laughs> keen on really spreading that message and embodying that myself and encouraging those that I love to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. I've, thank you. I, so my brain's going a couple different places. So one one of them is like, do you have more science dr- to drop on us? Is like, that's like yeah. that's one thing. I think I'll, yeah, we'll go there. I'll go there. Tell, tell us um, some. More, tell us push. Tell us some more. Tell us some more uh, to chemical stats. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we can talk a little bit about about some of these chemicals, right? So. Um, cause what happens is that when we experience trauma, um, uh, some of these, the receptors for these chemicals can be damaged, right? And so, you know, <sighs> dopamine for, for, for example, right? So dopamine ensures life supporting behavior. Okay. Or, um, serotonin, it gives us those like cuddly, warm feelings or, um, oxytocin that actually is when, um, um, someone who has a baby, you know, is breastfeeding, right? Um, what happened that, that comes out, that oxytocin comes out, right? It's that um, healthy attachment and bonding, right? And so trauma can impede us from uh, experiencing these chemicals in the doses that we're meant to just mm. 
regularly in life. And then really interesting what can happen. And, and we see oftentimes addictions as, um, you know, sources of deep shame, but really it's our nervous systems being like, well, I'm not getting this anymore. And so I need it some other way. And so a lot of times that's why addictions will form because they're trying to get those, those doses, right? The, the issue with that is that it's not sustainable, right? It's not a sustainable way to, to get those doses. And what happens is that we need more and we need more. And then that's how addictions form. Right. So in a, there's way more nuance to that. Uh, uh, absolutely. But in, you know, the, the quick and dirty of that is that's what happens. Right. And so, and so with the concept of pleasure of bringing in pleasure is that it's a more sustainable approach because what pleasure does is it can help to regulate a dysregulated nervous system, right? And so why are we dysregulated? Because of our trauma, right? And it's really important to recognize that there's, yes, there is shock trauma, there's developmental trauma, but there's trauma that, you know, A, we might not remember. And there's also trauma that we just might not think is a trauma, but our bodies do. It doesn't really matter what our brains think because that's not where trauma is held. Trauma is held in our bodies somatically, right? And so we need to recognize that. I mean, you know, the, the, the famous phrase, the issues are in the tissues, is very, very real and a great catchphrase. <laughs> but it's, it's true. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, it, it's, it's all about, again, you know, I wanna, our relationship... I I want to jump yeah. in and say something because I think this is really important to highlight because I think there's sure. a lot of, especially for people with Volvo owners, especially for people mm. that are socialized as female or caregivers in general, is to when something upsets us, upsets our system, yeah. upsets our body, um, we, that's, this is kind of that term gaslighting or other things like that, we get rationalized out of why it affected us. We get given yeah. the stories and the constructs and the frameworks for why it did not impact us, why it didn't. And mm -hmm. and this fundamental understanding of like, it did, right? Yes. It did. And like, and yes, there are ways that when we can retell a story, we can hurt ourselves more. So we need to be careful about how we use our nervous system in that way. And yet this place of the simplicity of like, I, one of the things that I always say is feelings don't tell you the truth about a situation. They tell you the mm. truth about how you feel about a situation. Absolutely. <laughs> right? So it's like, I just wanted to yes. because you said that. I just feel like that's so important of just being like, wait, mm. wait, 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 wait. What does that mean? It means, you know, you can even think yourself, whether it's an external source that's told you, no, that shouldn't bother me. Meanwhile, mm. you're stomach is tight, your heart is racing, um, your shoulders are up by your ears. It's like, okay, no, this is bothering me, right? Like this is bothering me. And the acceptance that it is bothering you doesn't mean that you have to validate or perpetuate the stress response. Yes. In fact, it actually empowers your body to release the stress response by acknowledging that it is having a stress response, whereas negating the stress response as it shouldn't happen um, <sighs> is where it actually rip those those things don't get processed and they go literally into the tissues. Then they go into the body. Then they're somatically locked in for yep. when they can have a chance to be acknowledged. And so, Absolutely. 
Yeah, I just feel like you named that and I was just like, oh my God, you just, it's such a thing. It's such a thing. And I think that's really important right now in the world that we're in this massive acceleration that's happening collectively um, is that a lot of people are doing a lot, being at home so much has allowed um, space kind of in, in, in spite of themselves for people to have somatic releases of past, um, of, of past traumas coming up as well as an additional traumatic shared traumatic experience that people are having and so both the experience of the space to process the past as well as the current sometimes the not the space actually that the overlying stress factor that we try to pretend or get by um can Mm -hmm. interfere so i don't want to go too far you were i didn't want to take you off track no that's good that's good that piece yeah you know and i i what i what came up for me with that which is an example of of this idea that like our minds might be okay with something and our bodies are not. Um, and, and so I'm going to use an example from just, um, my experience with polyamory as someone who is, um, has an anxious attachment style. Right. Um, and so for me, when any other partner other than my, um, my, anchor partner who I live with because there's much more safety there. We've been together for 10 years. But if I have another partner, if that partner has, if they have a partner already in place, I'm fine. But if they get a new partner, there is a lot of fear that comes up for me. And I was experiencing this with uh, the man that I've been seeing for the past uh, five months. And we've been navigating that. And at first he was like, okay, yes, there's jealousy here and this is jealousy and there's nothing wrong with jealousy as long as we recognize not to project it onto someone else, right? But I I actually was like, okay, yes, externally this looks like jealousy, but actually this is trauma, right? It's trauma showing up as jealousy, sure, right? But to just say that it's jealousy and to treat it like that um, isn't helpful for me, right? Or for either of us, because then he's just thinking, okay, my partner's jealous. Like, how can we help her not be jealous or be with that or whatever, right? Um, but when reality, you know, if I, you know, get a text message about re- one specific thing and instantly, within an instant, I emotion comes up, I, my heart starts to clench, my blood pressure rises, and I feel like I'm, you know, the most unsafe I've felt in a really long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's trauma response. That's not just, I'm, I'm having a sad and feeling jealous, you know, like that's right. not that, even right. though if that was it, that's okay too, but it wasn't. Right? right. And so that's the difference. Cause my mind is like, everything's cool. I'm polyamorous. <laughs> I have additional partners. This is literally what I signed up for. But the child inside of me is like, no way. This is unsafe. I'm going to lose this person. I need to feel safe and I'm going to try to control the shit out of this person so that I feel safe. And of course, whenever we try to do that, right, it's, it's a big sign that we need to take care of ourselves. Right. Um, but that's just this example of, you know, and again, like I wasn't being gaslit, Right. I was being acknowledged, but not at the depth because he didn't know that. How would he? That's my responsibility. 
to step up and be like, actually, it's this. Now, if I shared that and he was like, bullshit, well, then, you know, we would have <laughs> we would have other issues. That's a bye-bye. That's a no, yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what happened. Yeah. There was this, oh, there was this curiosity. There right. was this, I don't, oh, what, what does this mean? Right. right? How do we navigate and so this? How do we navigate this? Because I didn't think of it like this. Right. right. And this can happen with all kinds of stuff where we gaslight ourselves mm-hmm. because our minds are saying one thing. Our minds are like, no, like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay. Oh my god. With okay. This. So this is. I'm totally going to talk about Aaron and I's parting ways. This is. This is. This is that episode where I get to talk about it. I've just okay. made vague references for a year for anyone listening <laughs> to the show. I'm just being like, I don't want to talk about it. Is uh, for a whole thing. But this is when I talk about it. This is the mm-hmm. perfect response because what happened <laughs> was yeah. we literally did what we signed up to do. As we we intentionally created a long. The intention was a long term open like. Basically, like, you know, we came together from this place of like, where I'm not looking to trying to make a primary partner, um, you know, like to create a strong, deep, long term intimacy, speaking our needs, like, and with this idea of like, and life is a long time and the space to come and go. That was 100% part of what we built. And part of the reason that we built that together was because that was what I was coming in really strong with of just being like, this is who I am. This is what I need. Um, and, uh, and so we built this, I mean, we spent 11 months deeply intentionally resource, support people, practice prayer, all of these things to say like, okay, like speak our voices, experiment, like deep, deep intimacy, deep bonding. And also like, like this, this freedom experience. Right. But two things happened. One is talking about (laughs) that we change, as I actually for the first time felt this experience of complete permission to be myself, the desire to have a positive, healthy attachment, a, my therapist helped me, she was like, it sounds like you want a joyful, um, a joyful dependence. Like yeah. there was this way in which it was like, I was so, I was like, cause I was, I went to Montana in July I was by myself and for the first time in my life I was standing it was so beautiful and I was standing there and I there was no expectation anywhere like on the planet like I had no clients (laughs) I had everyone in my family just knew that I was off on this journey I felt free from obligation to my family in every I mean I, I can't even describe like free in a way that I pursued feeling free like I thought it was impossible and I stood there and I was like I'm free like I have all this freedom and like I'm free from obligation I'm free from expectation even from myself like I have this freedom and then on this journey on this day I was driving and I took this road too far five miles too far and hit a mudslide it was okay mudslip turned around went back to I literally had a panic attack got out of the car was squatting and was like I'm having a panic attack I was like I'm in the middle of Montana with no cell phone service I could die like I'm not kidding like this is stupid I was like I am this was stupid this is stupid I was stupid this was a stupid choice uh I'm having a panic attack and I stood up straight in my spine and I said I don't have to have a panic attack 
And I took like all these breaths and I used every t- school skill I've learned in all of my years of practice. And I reset my system and I got back in the car and I was like, I checked in with my guides and was like, I can do this. Like I got the go ahead, turned around, drove out. So huge adrenaline jump into my body of just being like, I'm going to, I could die. Uh-huh. And you know that. So I go back, I set up camp and I'm in my tent and wind comes, really big wind comes, and I think I should take the, I should take the fly off. There's a, this is a lot of wind, and I'm like, it's just so nice to lay down for a minute. It's been a big day, and within minutes, seconds, I don't know, the wind picked up my tent, pulled the tent out from the stick, entirely lifted me up, and threw me onto the floor, knocked the whole tent over. <laughs> and I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and was like this is insane and then I got up and I started taking on the tent because I was like it's just too windy like this is just craziness and I was standing there and all I could think with a second adrenaline dump of I'm in date like I am in physical danger mortality Mm -hmm. danger here like I'm next to water like this tent could have taken me into like scared like I am again alone nowhere like it's this intense and um and two things went through me and one was I wanted to be near my siblings that were having that were pregnant I was like I want to be with these babies and I want to see this love I just want to know where they are I want to know they're safe like I just wanted to see Aaron And I stood there and I was like, I'm so free. It's so beautiful. I don't want to lose this freedom, but like, fuck, I don't want it alone. Like if it comes, like if it comes, like I'm willing to trade a little bit of this to get the rest of what I want if I have to. And what I know is that I don't even have to trade it. I get to keep this freedom and just add these things back in. But it was this deep empowered place of complete choice of being like, I would trade some of this freedom to have and what I said to myself was I said I said God I will keep going where you want me to go I will do the things you tell me to do but I am done doing stupid shit by myself (laughs) (laughs) I want company for my dumb shit (laughs) it's like what I said it was like so huge it was so huge it was just like epiphany you know and so what happened in this like we we you know Aaron and I build this foundation where I felt so free and then I realized that I I didn't want to be free like that I wanted something else like and so you know so in this transition with Aaron and I, I was feeling all these urges of being like, oh my God. And we were finding ourselves, like we kept making all these choices. And I was like, these are some real primary partner choices that we're making. Like we're really kind of doing this thing, you know? And then both of us kind of walked in, it was last December and kind of looked around and it was, both of us kind of had our, our trauma responses going off and working it and working it and, and came to this place and, and, uh, and on new year's, um, Eve day I gave them a Reiki session and while I was giving them a Reiki session I heard if you love something let it go and when they came out of their Reiki session I said how was your session and they said great and I said is there anything you want to share and they said I got to do this next part on my own and I was like okay you know and so that was our that was our quote unquote, like break up, not break up. Like, okay, like we're just need to do it. And they're like, I'm going to go for a month. We'll check back in, you know? 
And it was just like, they just needed the more space they got, the more space they needed, you know, mm-hmm. and the more space they got and the more space they needed, the more my trauma responses came up that were not about them. No. We're not yeah. about them. And so that was my rock bottom. You know, when I hit March, that was December. When I hit March, I was just st- stripped to this core and having the practices that I had, you know, masturbation, meditations and deep like daily practices and mantra. I mean, all the tools, all the tools, deep, deep ceremony, um, finishing the the game and the book and the, all of that stuff, like doing all of that creative work, like massive medicine, ceremony, like all the things, right? gave me enough space around the trauma to let it keep unfolding. And so I just went like deeper and deeper and deeper. And it took months for me to get into this hollowed bottom, you know, and I was hollowed. I was just hollowed. And what happened inside that hollow was actually a, my soul signature, my Sat Nam, my truest self, this energy field that I had been working with and knew so deeply and entirely for 15 years changed its frequency for the first time ever. And all of the work that I've done, I like went in to to find my center and it was a different color, a different frequency. I was like, holy shit, this is like a different, it's a different soul. Like I, I, and I have not talked about this much at all um that was over a year ago it was February of 2020 that I had this experience and I had this experience over the past year of really like this this self of like I have this self that now I have to completely like find out like who and what she is and it felt evolutionary like in terms of a continuation of who I was but I also literally felt like I would say I was like I feel like I'm possessed by my true self like I felt like I was saying things and doing things that were the right thing and in alignment, but they were different from who I was before. And all of these things have changed. Like all of these things have changed so much. And um, yeah, so that's the, so that, that's the story. That's, this is when I tell the story of like in your mind, right? I was like, literally, this is everything I asked for. I was like, we're going to do like, I, like, I want a relationship where we like take care of ourselves when our trauma gets too big. We don't make it anyone else's responsibility. We take space where, you know, it's, we come and we go. It's a long game. There's so much love and affection. And this human, yeah, we spent six weeks here not talking to each other or three months there not talking to each other. But we talked throughout the year periodically and with as much love and respect as either of us could. I don't want to say lo- with love and respect with as much presence as either of us could muster while we were in our trauma cycles, right? Sure. So we were not particularly available, but the, to the degree that we were, we showed up with love and care and respect um, as best we could. And that's what it was. Like, that's what that year was. And, um, and then they actually, I think both of us landed in our bodies in a completely different way. We re- reconnected um, in this new year. And it's like, just looking and being like, I'm holding a baby and they had this huge breakthrough with themselves, like a huge, huge breakthrough that was like, of course, like, of course, you know, just being like, yeah, like we had to go, like we had to go that way, 
you know? And so it was like that place of like, even while it was happening, all of it was happening. I was like, this is literally what I asked for. This is everything I want. My brain was like, this is literally a checklist of what you said you were here for. And my body was trembling. My hormones were all over the place. And those, when you said damage, you talked about the kind of the receptors being damaged that really struck me right now, because I think anyone who's ever struggled with, um, with that kind of, uh, hormone regulation knows the feeling of like, it feels like I'm damaged. <laughs> like it feels like it doesn't, the system's not working. Like that feeling of like, it feels like it's a little broke, but it's like, it's not that I'm broken, but like this system isn't working. That language really struck me today when you shared it. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening. Absolutely. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> I just blue kisses. <laughs> blue kisses. Oh, thanks everybody listening. There it is. There's the fill in. There's the like what exa- what exactly happened? It's like I got what I wanted and I hated it. And uh and I learned and I had a lot of trauma and, you know, and one of the things that happened this summer, I was playing my own game, my own card game with a, with a friend of mine. It was so fun. We were just kind of, it was an early evening and we we're like, what do we want to do? We don't want to watch a movie. We don't want anything. And she was like, uh, uh, oh, Gita Lee. There's, we have an episode from the summer, a great episode with Gita Lee on Medicine Caller, um, which I think is also on here on both my, um, I have two podcasts, but there's like eight episodes that are on both podcasts. Um, anyway, so just for, so Gitali's on both shows, but, um, I was staying with Gitali and, uh, and, and, uh, and she was like, let's play your game. And so it was us and like a, like a 10 year old and, um, and we played this game and, and so we pulled a card and, and the exercise was confession session. Um, so everyone went around and, and told, um, you know, finished the statement of like, the thing that I'm like willing, the thing that I'm scared of, but I'm willing to admit right now is, you know, and I sat there and I was like, the thing is, and I, you know, the sweet, sweet little, my sweet little body, like welling up with tears, you know, just mm. as I finished the statement and just being like, I want to get married again. And mm. just these like tears streaming down my face and just being like, whoa, like, holy shit. Like, my own story of like I'm not allowed to want that like I'm not I'm like I don't want to do it like I did before I don't know legally whatever (laughs) grumble ideas ideas but this this admittance to myself of like once I had tapped into this experience of relating where I felt like I got more of myself and not less of myself I was like oh I I I want this it was like a huge it's such an interesting, it's like I had so much shame about admitting, admitting that I was polyamorous and then like all the shame of admitting that I wanted to have a, a union, marriage or a wedding or a union. All these words feel like outdated and inaccurate and like describing something that I'm not talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My brain just went like a million other places, but um, I'm going to just kind of let them go that way. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want to say? <laughs> I'm just holding the space right now. Um, 
I feel pretty clear. <laughs> I feel like my, I feel like my work here is done. <laughs> I've done my part. Yeah. That's what I feel. Yeah. I like. I'm like, I feel like I could just like keep rambling down the thing. I'm just being like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. feel like, I feel like that I, I was really happy to bear witness to that story and um, to that expression of your, of your time. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't want to add, add anything to that because that's like, I want to keep that as mm -hmm. your, as yours, you know, and not be like, Oh, well, this makes me think of this and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think sometimes we do that, um, to try to make sense of things. And I think it's okay. But, um, what I'm feeling in this moment is just like, is just like, which feels like a big deal for me. It's just like, I don't have to add anything <laughs> and I'm still worthy. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> right. Ugh. Yeah. It doesn't I... have to be anything else. It can just be oh. listening. It's such a gift. It's such a gift. It's such a gift. And <sighs> I, the thing that I think I want at my, like, my own maybe culmination like I said like I have all these things but I think I'll bring it right down to like where I am right now this week with this which is that I was uh sitting out in the sunshine with a sleepy baby and I was having one of those moments where I was like what am I doing like what am I do what am I doing like what are you asking of me like what universe like what is this um what's coming next right like in this you're showing me all these pieces all this energy is coming to me all these things are lining up but I have all these invitations and offers right now but I don't have clarity around decisions right like like where I'm going with it and so the message that I got was you know visit your future self go ask her for some advice on the situation so, you know, mind you, with all the time travel business, you want to be really mindful when you go to vision a future self because you have many future selves. So um, I was specific to go see my like optimally, my optimal impact self, my one, my joyful, you know, com the fulfilling what she came here for, um, that self. What did she have to say to me about what was happening? And she said a couple things of me, but the, the biggest thing that I came away with that I want to share that feels like so on theme for what it is, is when I was just kind of asking her my questions or just kind of even lifting up these, not even questions, lifting up these things that I was considering. And um, she said, I don't remember what it was. She said something and then I said something back and she said, yes, you're beginning to get it. Um, you're beginning to like, yes, 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 you're beginning to get it. And then I said something else and she said, your desire is the solution. Mm. <sighs> yeah. The desire is the solution. My desire is the solution. And so I've been in this deep contemplation recently around what it is to be in expansive peace and acceptance of that, not in conflict with my desire or even getting a solution, right? Like all of the elements of, of that, um, that, that principle of, of the sacredness of desire, but to really like that, she was like, yeah, you're now you're beginning to get it. Like your desire is not the problem. That's not the problem. The desire is the solution specifically when I'm talking about my optimal impact on this world being, you know, how do I show up and move my energy through this world? Like I have a lot of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and I want to put it towards things. And, and I've been thinking about pleasure, going back to the mundane, the pleasure and happiness being at baby camp, right? With my siblings and these little babies and being like, it's not confusing. Humans um, are not hard to like have pleasure. Like we, no, we are not like overly complicated and burdensome things. We are like very, it's like, wow, we have food on the table and company with people that love and respect us and support when we need an extra hand. And there is joy here, like legitimate joy. And I was sitting here going, it doesn't take a lot to be happy. And I said, yes. And yet there's so many people that don't know how to have the day that I just had. And so much world that doesn't, there's so much in the world that fights our ability to, for every person to have that. Yeah, for so many reasons. For so many reasons, like so systemic, reasons. big, 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 like all of yeah. that stuff. And so that that question for me of going, okay, the simplicity of my happiness in my home that I'm grateful for, that like may I, oh, may I just savor that for the rest of my life, right? The way that I've like the hard one to just be like, wow, I'm just happy. This is a happy day, <laughs> right? Like my 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 hormones being regulated enough, having receptors and having the hormones and having them meet each other is a huge victory like I had to repair my system to do that you know multiple times over and um so to have that and then just be like okay but now that I have it how do I contribute to the more of the world having it like I don't yeah. want to just sit here and say well I'm happy that's good enough I could and I really had that moment Brittany of like it would be enough for the world even if I just did like this sense of worthiness right of like the happiness and the peace of it and like like a guilt-free aspect of that and this inspiration and this asking of being like and I'm here and how like like how is that coming into the world so um yeah so I don't know if you want to say something but I have a question for you so do you want to say something you want me to ask your question no ask me the question okay my question is, so I'm in this place of great consideration of how it is that I'm going to be offering that in addition to my shows. I keep making my shows. Um, so that, that feels right. So that, that part feels clear and I have some other things, but, uh, so those things are in consideration. I look forward to sharing those with people when I have them and it's like a perfect thing. I know you literally just released one of your offerings to help people restore into the world your clarity your you've come into immense clarity and power around your contributing to restoring this and I would love to hear about that like whatever you want to share about that in terms yeah, of absolutely. what the offer is or how you got there or you know both um, yeah I know, so yeah. um yeah, so I just recently launched uh, a new business um, that feels like it was in the making for for many, many years, even though I didn't actually understand um, and was was stalling for a while, I think, um, which sometimes we need to do that before we get to where we need to be. Um, but it's, it's really more focused now on, um, I call it sexual liberation. So sexual liberation coaching, sexology, sex education, um, and specifically under AM, the authentic Tantra, which is rooted in a, in a Tibetan Tantra, 2600 year lineage, um, modality, right? And so um, about two years ago, I, I, I started on this new journey of, of focusing more on, um, on 
sexuality and 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 how and specifically using the medicine of tantra um and i don't i don't talk about like in in media and things like that i don't talk a lot about the tantra because it's to me it's that secret and i think it needs to be experienced more than talked about yeah um but and so really what i what i present is this idea that um we that sexuality and pleasure and our relationship with our bodies and specifically our genitals um, is profound and can be really healing. And I dove more deeply into my purpose of recognizing that that is what I want to, how I want to serve is by really um, using myself as example, which I always have. I've always, um, you know, I've been in this kind of world of healing for about 17 years. And, um, for a long time, it was through, uh, you know, vinyasa yoga and and then the more physical, physical yoga practice. And what I'm doing now is still yoga, but it's just, um, it's just different. And there is this, um, there's just been this evolution of my own sexuality and my own connection to myself. And, um, I've been coaching for a while and doing all this work, but now it's just so much more aligned. It feels so much more aligned of the, like, this is where I want to go, which is, um, you know, helping people understand uh, their sexuality, their sexual experience, their sexual expression, normalizing things around their bodies, normalizing things around their fantasies, around their kink, around the relationship styles that they want to have, like holding that space for them to recognize that um, their relationships um, with themselves, with their bodies, with other people, with kink, all of those things um, are sacred and are theirs and they can express them any way that they want. And so it's starting to really release uh, a lot of the conditioning that we have around being a truly sexual and sovereign being. Um, and so that's why I call it sexual liberation because I do deeply believe that that's what it is right? and that we can go there from that lens of, of sex and sexuality. Um, and so I offer, you know, coaching one-on-one and then I also offer group programs and the program I have coming up soon is um, I call it sexual liberation for vulva owners. So it's for anyone that has a vulva Um, and the reason why I presented in that way is because there are practices that have to do with the genitals, right? And so, you know, in order to be in the course, you do have to have a vulva because that's the practices that we talk about, right? And so, um, this, this practice and this program is really, um, to start to reveal and and, and unveil a lot of times what what that which can be covered um, in our relationship with our sexuality around um, by shame and by uh, these limiting beliefs that we adopted when we were younger and this idea that we can't be as sexual of a being as we want to be. But also teaching us like the education around our bodies and our vulvas and what they're capable of (laughs) and what they, the actual anatomy, which a lot of people don't even understand and the potential for multiple orgasms and orgasms in different places in the body and, you know, all of these things. And this is just such a deep passion of mine 
because I, everything that I teach is everything that I have, that I embody and that I've integrated into myself and into my nervous system and into my relationships. And so I see, um, and experience through myself and through clients, how profound this work is, how healing this work is on, um, a somatic and therapeutic level. Um, and so I'm just so grateful, um, you know, it's me, you know, I'm doing the work, but it's also the medicine that I'm just transmitting, you know? And so, um, I feel really grateful that this is now the path that I'm on and I get to share it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <clears throat> I love it. <clears throat> I have, um, two like specific kind of questions that feel like a little bit unrelated so sure but the little 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 place here with me one is um uh my sister asked me this morning she said she recalled some um tantra practice that had the like um a i think kind of like a microcosmic orbit breath style that started in the back and went to the front and for like the other like maybe vulva owners went one direction and penis owners went the other direction. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Um, so as a practice that's specific. I don't mean true. What I'm asking is <laughs> what she said is, of course it's true somewhere. Um, what she said is um, she couldn't remember which one was which, like which started in the back and came up the front and came down the front and which started in the front, came up the front and went down the back. Yeah, so I don't do that practice, and I don't know that practice. Great so answer. I can't speak to that. Um, you know, the the tantra that I do is very specific. It's rooted in um, a Tibetan lineage and the Bon indigenous religion. Um, and so, you know, this is a great thing to point out that not all tantra is the same, and that tantra is very, very different. And to put an umbrella over it, um, you know, it's just it's just there's so many different ways that we experience it. Yeah. Some. Tantra is actually just sacred sexuality and isn't necessarily rooted in the indigenous culture of it. Um, it's all has its purpose um, and its place, but it's, there's lots of different things. And so I don't necessarily do um, the breath that I do um, through the Tantra that I do is actually rooted in polyvagal theory, <laughs> which I won't get into, but is a way to calm the nervous system and get us into something called the ventral vagal pathway, which grounds us in safety in our bodies and stuff. And so, and there's also a couple breaths that we, you know, we do in tantric union breathing and things of that nature. Um, and there's, in my experience, there's definitely a way that the energy flows like up the front. I think it's up the back and down the front. Um, but in the sense of, um, you know, vulva owners or penis owners, I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> love that answer. I, when I, when I talk about Tantra with people, I often, if they have some sort of yogic understanding, it's like, I'm like Hatha posture, pranayama breath, yes. vinyasa movement, Tantra sensation. Like, you know, like that it's like, it's this, it's a, it's a, you know, and then in under each of those is like lineage and years and teacher paths Absolutely. and personal experience and authority and all sorts of different, like think about how many vinyasas styles there are um, yes you know people I think are a little bit more familiar with that and so recognizing that like tantra isn't underneath one of those things are more specific it is it is a similar kind of top title um yeah. you know reference for for what it is so I love saying that um that you just yeah. brought that in and named no, that absolutely. specifically um and the second was um 
you know, I have this experience of having my physical genitals and then also having energetic genitals. Like I have an experience of having an, an energetic, I have a cock, like I have testicles, like I have that. I experience those physically. I can make love with them. I can connect to them um, individually, like with myself, like make love with other people with myself. Um, and I've had that experience with other lovers in all directions of genitals having kind of physically and so I'm I'm curious about I don't know kind of anything that you want to say ab about that or in your lineage specifically or or personally kind of where you hold that or where you look at that um uh in a practice that's looking because I look at this too with my you know w you know being a pelvic floor specialist and, and working my way into just being like I work with all of these genitals now mm -hmm. um but starting out with 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 you know vaginal work at first um yeah so that was my other kind of yeah. Yeah. So where my mind goes is more to the science of it, which is that when we're born, um, you know, basically like vulva owners and penis owners, they all have, we all have the same parts. Um, and this is in, um, you know, a lot, there's a, a lot of this in, um, the book come as you are by Emily. And I forget her last name right now. Cause the book's not in front of me. Um, but she talks a lot about that. Um, but basically like we, you know, like, uh, the scrotum and the um, the labia majora, like they are the same, and the clitoris and the you know the penis, like that's the same thing. Like and so, actually, it's it is that like we do have all parts, right? <laughs> and so I you know I think of it I think of it that way. It's it's all um, you know the the there's something called the Ralphe. Um, in the, the scrotum, it's like a line that like, if it was separated would have formed the labia instead. Right? And so for the first, like, I think it's six, around six weeks, like we actually have the same and then like they, they shift, but they're still, they're still the same. Like they're just called different things and they look a little bit differently. And so I just think that's interesting that like, maybe, maybe you're tapping into that, right? Maybe there's this, there's this, um, there's this actually very pre-mortal like connection to the body that is like, yeah, like it's, it just showed up in this way. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the way that our body showed up. Like the clitoris and the, and the penis are very um, homogulous, right? Like that's just how they are. Um, and so that's what I kind of go to in that way. Um, energetically speaking, um, I haven't had experiences like that. Like the, when I do tantric masturbation and whatnot, um, I do it from a very somatic healing space to connect with breath and touch, um, and awareness to bring up, um, to bring up trauma and to use that to, to, to heal. And so that's really now, and that could change and shift. I have heard other people having those experiences and I think they're freaking beautiful and absolutely possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right now my experience with my, with my, um, tantric like sexuality practices are more around healing trauma right now right. for me. Right. Right. And, and, so, the, and so the framework of like the teaching other people and holding space in that way is like, here's the toolkit for this shape and style flow. Got it. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. My, yeah, I definitely tap into a primordial soup predominantly. It's largely, I think that's a good way. <laughs> There's like a lot of what's happening. And, uh, yeah. 
and it's funny when you say this like this is what taps me into this like my desire is the solution like I can and I can feel mm-hmm. it in my body now of just being like right and like I understand and have access to this unified um connection with people's genitals and bodies in this whole system and that way of re like in that way address of addressing trauma and restructuring pathways and like opening and embodying these deep pleasure pathways that mm-hmm. are then the birth pathways for our our consciousness and our reality and so it's like when you have these conversations like it's like that's where I that's where it's like I'm sitting in the sunshine and I'm like like the sometimes I call it the pain of the visionary where it's like I can see it but like here but I'm here and that's there and like from here to there you know so anyway so thank you because I feel like you like as you were talking it's like I get this feeling in my body that's like oh my part my part like this part that I that I know that I see that I can touch that I can speak to Mm. um and so listening I've been one of the things I've just been listening for years I'm really listening for for how it is yeah I don't know I don't know yeah that's yeah I'm listening I'm listening for for uh and then I think if I like even da- drop in right now, the honest thing is, and I, I think a lot of people are coming through this time, this like collective rebirth time in a similar place. Like, you know, I'm having my own experience of it, but you, you are emerging in this way right now. And it's this place of like, exactly what you're talking about, the relaxation and the openness to let what already is there like come forward and through. And I think that's one of the reasons why my practice right now is to just be with these babies is because I don't actually need to figure out a new thing or to make something work or to like figure like to that's like it's not it. Like it's all here and it's like literally the more I can like soften my belly and like relax and lengthen my spine and like open my eyes and and let um like pleasure and softness like come into my body the ease right that ease mm-hmm. of creation comes in absolutely so yeah oh beautiful oh Brittany. Oh. <laughs> thank you i feel very yeah. very nourished by our time together oh, good thank you thank you so much for joining our listeners um joining us in our little in our time here um and i want to ask you um so people want to check out your work i know you have a beautiful new website that i looked at it's very it's really it's really beautiful people so we'll put a link in there but is there any anywhere or any specific way that you like people to get uh, yeah in touch instagram is my is my jam um so i post on there a lot a lot of um and i'm, I'm doing more of that now so it's sexually underscore liberated so just sexually liberated just with a underscore in between um and yeah, that's where I, I share a lot of pictures and quotes and around polyamory, around relationships, kink. Um, I, I talk about lots of stuff. And I also have a blog that you can find online. It comes out every Wednesday um, that I that I also share a lot of my own vulnerable truths. And that comes out. Um, you can see that on my website as well. Beautiful. Great. Yeah. Well, our closing question, still brewing here, is uh, this, is this world that we're going to, this one that we're working, that I think in many ways uh, 
we've we've birthed and now we're nurturing this new paradigm this new reality this new energetic construction that we're we're in what are we building what does it look like where are we going what's the what's the part that you have for us Brittany we've weave us some of this reality tell us about it um, deep acceptance of ourselves and all of our pieces the pieces that we feel um, afraid of and the pieces that we know so well um, deep understanding and, and acceptance of each other and the path that we are on, and it doesn't have to be similar, those that we love and those that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then deep acceptance of the unfolding um, of how we all are unfolding individually and collectively and in relationship with each other, uh, the way that we are intertwined, and then the way that we are also um, sovereign beings. And may we really honor that sovereignty, because I deeply believe that that is how we heal from that recognition of our own sovereignty um, in all the ways, sexual in all the ways. Um, And may we recognize that pleasure can help us, can be a guide and an aid um, in which to explore ourselves and our bodies and um, to heal in a really beautiful way. Mm. Blessed be. Blessed be. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, Super exciting news in the Vagina Talks world. In the past couple months, we have been um, top ranking top 10 spirituality podcasts in multiple different countries across the globe. So that's super exciting. Um, Please, the number one way that this show gets heard is by people sending it to people. So if there's somebody who you know would be nourished, validated, um, comforted, inspired um, by Brittany and I's conversation today, please just go ahead and wherever you listen, either send a link from the website or hit that share button on whatever app you're listening. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, they're changing the format when you update it. Instead of subscribe, uh, they're changing it to follow. So you got to hit a follow plus sign at the top right-hand corner. And uh, and you got to then select that you want to have it uh, download on a regular basis. So they've added a little bit more of a process to kind of keep it going, but follow world and a download world. So um, when you go ahead and update that, uh, make sure you update your, your, your stats with us here. If you don't know, uh, in addition to Vagina Talks with Sophia Wiseman, I have another podcast called Medicine Caller and another podcast called Temple Erotica, Stories of Sacred Sexuality. So if you haven't checked those out, I encourage you to go take a listen. I am so grateful. Uh, I am so grateful. I feel lighter. I feel nourished. I feel fed by our time all here together today. And I just want to say, what do I want to say? Oh. Your desire is the solution. So blessings on your courage to hear your heart and your soul and your your own dream, your dream destiny. And uh, may you be soft and gentle and and calm and strong enough to let it come into full fruition. We need you in all of your preciousness just as you are. Um, so thanks for being here. All right. Take care.
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.